0: It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Karpel, and your golden years. <laughs>
1: Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakarpel.com. And today is Sunday, February 26, 2023, and I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Karpel, and we are back live from beautiful Austin, Texas after a bit of a break. And we have another great program in store for you today, Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program. is here with us as usual to make the show run smoothly. And in a little while after the break, we'll be joined once again by certified relationship coach and nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationships and the host of the Attracting. Lasting Love Podcast, as well as author of the new book, Relationship Boot Camp, Hardcore Training for Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Intimacy, Roy Biancalana. Roy has been on the show twice before, but he returns today to continue in the month of love, February, uh, for a discussion on the topic of Attracting Lasting Love. And then later in the program, Austin singer and songwriter Selene Andrews will be here to tell us about herself and her music, and we'll be playing some of her original songs. And along the way, I'll continue the discussion of getting back on track to a passionate life. And as you may know, one of my passions is helping older adults and caregivers And as a caregiver myself, I've recently learned a lot of new information with regard to caregiving in the new normal. So I want to share that with you. And after the show, you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website. And the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight along with any website links given by my guests on the program. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to blogtalkradio.com. That's b l o g talkradio.com/slash your golden years. And you can also hear hear it on Apple Podcasts. And for information from previous programs and to listen to previous programs. You can go to my website, doctormaricarpel.com and all of the shows that we have done since we've been on Blog Talk Radio for the past nine years are right there also on blogtalkradio.com dot slash your golden years and on Apple Podcasts. And for upcoming programs and events, follow me on Facebook, Dr Maricarpel, your Golden Years. This show is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by AMightyGoodTime.com. Wondering what to do after you're 50? How about having A Mighty Good Time? It's free to search, free to post, and much more. Whether it's virtual or in person, you can find so many activities to fill your days, connecting with other people. So be more active and start connecting. Go to amightygoodtime.com. That's amightygoodtime.com. All right. So we're going to take a brief break, but it'll be very brief to play our other sponsor's commercials. And when we come back, we'll be joined by relationship coach Roy Biancolana. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Super psychologist, Dr. Mara Karpel, will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed services or supplies you never received. There are three easy things you can do to prevent fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and look for any suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or call your local Medicare SHIP program at 1-800-252-9240.
2: Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com.
1: And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Karpel and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpel.com. And now joining us on the phone once again, we have certified relationship coach, nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationships, and the author of the book, Relationship Boot Camp. Hardcore Training for Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Intimacy, Roy Biancolana. Welcome back, Roy. Oh, it's
3: good to be back again with you, Dr. Mara. It's going to be a fun conversation.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, I'm so glad that you came back. You, This is your third appearance on the show, and there's always more to mm-hmm. discuss with regards to finding love and as I mentioned, February is the month of love, right? We just had Valentine's right. Day, so this is the perfect time for your return
3: <laughs>
1: yeah 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 i
3: think uh, I think it's the month of love, and I think it's also perhaps a month of loneliness right i, I um mm-hmm. I remember when I wasn't in a relationship the, the the three worst days of the year were my birthday, New Year's Eve, and then Valentine's Day. I I think a lot of people are, you know, they feel awful on Valentine's Day because everybody's celebrating love and going to dinner and buying flowers, and they might not be with someone. And uh, so I, I just extend a little love to people that are maybe glad this month is coming to an end and have to be reminded that they're not with someone, but maybe we can offer them some hope that perhaps this is the last, Month of February, where they're not with someone. So. Mm-hmm. mm
1: mm-hmm. we'll Now, in your work as a coach, have you found that sometimes people rush because of the pressure of Valentine's Day that they rush into something and then have, you know, re- buyers remorse afterwards? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, um, I think.
3: I think loneliness – well, let's step back even. I think our culture um, sort of values intimate relationship in an unhealthy way. It's almost like if you're single and you're over the age of, what, 30, then there must be something wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. You mean just find someone who's 40 and they say, I've never been married. And, and what do most people think? Like, oh, you got commitment uh, issues or – and so it's like the norm is you have to be in a relationship. And if you're not, there's something wrong with you. So the culture, I think, puts pressure for us to meet someone and get into a relationship, which can lead to bad decisions. And mm-hmm. then something like Valentine's Day, the month of love, that you know that can put pressure. I got to find someone to go out with on Valentine's Day. I got to And I would imagine, I haven't done a lot of research on this, but I would imagine the online dating sites are probably the busiest in January, combination of Mm -hmm. a new year, try something new, but maybe also can I meet someone maybe and be in a relationship come February 14th, you know, and then the feelings of loneliness, just being lonely, I think puts a pressure, fix me, right? I mean, That's one of the dangers is when we feel lonely, our mind says the solution to that is to find a partner. Now, that always leads to trouble because you are liable then to settle for someone because it's better than nothing or overlook red flags because you're lonely and you don't want to be alone, right? So dealing with these underlying issues is – well, it's really what I do as a coach. Because if you, if you can let go of some of these cultural assumptions and if you can learn how to deal with your loneliness in, in a healthier way and really see that the answer is not a partner, there are a lot of married people that still feel lonely. Okay? So mm-hmm. it, it, on the surface, it feels like the answer is a partner, but it really isn't. It's a, it's a temporary thing at best. So when you help people deal with these underlying issues, then I think they can make relationship decisions and evaluate their relationships that they're engaging in with a much clearer head.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you, you just brought something up with married people feeling lonely. I, I think sure. if you're in a, a, a bad relationship, sometimes it's lonelier than being by yourself.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Because you have the, the expectation. I'm not supposed to be lonely because I'm in a relationship. See, that's that mentality. Right. And then when you still feel disconnected, you know, with your partner, it can feel, it can feel even worse. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things that most single people probably need to work on the most is that issue of loneliness. Is there a way for me to be single but yet be okay? Like, can I be alone and it not be a problem? that it not create thoughts of I'm never going to meet someone. I'm going to die an old maid, right? If, if we can deal right. with that loneliness and potentially find a connection to something that never dies, never breaks up with <laughs> us, you know, never decides it doesn't want to be with us anymore. Um, then we can feel like, like I, I am in a relationship. It, it's with myself. It's with life itself. It's, you want to call it God? Call it God. Right? So we can find a grounding. We can find an intimacy, a connection, even with the present moment, just with our own beingness that can make us feel like I'm, I'm really not lonely. I, I might be alone physically, but I'm not lonely. And, mm-hmm. and so when you do the work to let go of the lonely feelings, well, then, I mean, one, you wouldn't stay in a relationship that is unhealthy because a lot of people stay in relationships because they feel like, oh, my God, I mean, I don't – it's better than being alone. I don't want to go in the dating scene right now. I hear it's a nightmare, right? And, and so right. you'll either stay longer than you should or you'll overlook a red flag like I mentioned. You know, well, you know, I can't. Nobody's perfect. No relationship is perfect. And really, it's the loneliness talking rather than kind of your highest self, right? So, mm-hmm. loneliness. I, in one of my in one of my books, I I call loneliness is like a vampire. It's like a it's like a demon that when it gets its teeth in us, um, it can really. Control our lives and make us do very mm-hmm. bizarre things and dangerous things.
1: So, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it seems like you know, if you're lonely, you 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 would you find do you find this to be the case that if you're lonely and feeling kind of desperate, that you attract the worst relationships. You actually yeah. bring bad relationships into your life.
3: Right. Right. I. I do agree with that. I do see that happening, and it's sort of, it's sort of the dark side of the law of attraction. Okay? So
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know the law of attraction is the rage. Everybody talks about the law of attraction, and it is, it's true, and it's real, but for most people, that should scare the hell out of them because what the law of attraction means is like attracts like. That's all it really means. There's lots of woo-woo stuff and lots of nonsense around it. It just means that birds of a feather flock together. Like attracts like. So that means if you have an energy of loneliness and so forth, you're coming from that part of you. You're going to attract and be attracted to someone who is also stuck in a fear of some kind or a feeling like that because you're, We could say you're sort of vibrating at a certain frequency. And Mm -hmm. like attracts like. So you're liable to attract someone who's not in a healthy place either. And when I say being lonely means you're not healthy, I don't mean that in some judgmental way. I just mean you're you're not really coming from your best self. You're not coming from your, I guess you could say your highest vibration, even though I hate that word. I don't even know what that means. But what I'm saying (laughs) is, yeah, loneliness is sort of running your life. And so you're going to be attracted to and you're going to attract someone who is also maybe stuck in a feeling or a pattern that isn't coming from their best self. And now you got two people on that wavelength that are trying to make a relationship work, right? So that's why I tell people, the law of attraction, you know, can work against you. But then again, in my terminology, like with my book, Relationship Bootcamp, if you get your relationship butt in shape, <laughs> right?
1: If you uh-huh. become
3: relationally fit, and part of that means to really see beyond loneliness and becoming from this higher place of yourself, right? When you are relationally fit, well, then you are go- like attract like There also. So the healthier you are, the healthier of a partner, you will attract. It has to be that way. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you mm-hmm. can never attract someone healthier or unhealthier than you are. Okay. So that understanding, it flips attraction completely around. So it's like instead of where do I find the right partner, when you understand the law of attraction, that, that's not the question. The question is, you're always going to attract someone at the same level of psychological, emotional health, spiritual health that you are. So if you want a high-quality partner, it's not about where do I find that. It's about how do I be that myself, and then I will automatically attract that.
2: So Mm -hmm. it just
3: changes the entire way you think about finding a partner because most people are just like asking questions, you know, like where do I go on Saturday and how do I approach someone, how do they approach me, what do I say, how do I flirt, what do I wear, what online profiles should I be on, what picture should I post, right? So the, the conversation is where do I find them? And I, I'm preaching from every mountaintop I can get on, every podcast, every <laughs> summit, every, you know, in my own podcast, I'm preaching that's not it. You are going to end up attracting someone that's coming from your level of consciousness. So how about we get in shape? We work on ourselves. We function mm-hmm. at a higher, more mindful, conscious level. Then you're going to start attracting people that are at that level with you. Now you've got two healthy people in a relationship, and now you're in business.
1: Right. Right. And it sounds like one of the of that is having a healthy relationship with yourself.
2: Of
3: course. That's yeah. where it all starts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because
3: yeah, relationships really are like mirrors. Right? If if I don't love myself, I don't if I don't like myself, I'm gonna probably attract someone that is in some ways not gonna like me either. They're they're gonna wanna change me, they're gonna you know, just some have some, some sort of underlying attitude. You know, it's, it's very easy to be in a relationship with someone, believe it or not, and to not like that. You know, that, that might sound odd, but I remember years ago, I was talking to – this is a great little story – talking to one of my buddies who is probably the most evolved person that I have ever met personally. But he, to me, the guy's on the level of Eckhart Tolle, okay? And so I was, uh-huh. we were playing golf together, and I told him one of my buddies is getting married. He says, oh yeah, Mike's getting married. Cool. Uh, do they like each other? That's what he asked. <laughs> 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 and I was like, well, I was taken aback. Like, what, what do you mean they're getting married? What do you mean like? And then I started thinking about it. You can get married and be in relationships and even say you love someone for a lot of reasons, other than do you genuinely like Each other. Do you like your personalities? The differences between you. Do you do you like each other's sense of humor? Do you? I mean, genuinely, people can get married because people are attractive, or because they're wealthy, or because you know they're intelligent, or because they want to have children. And Mm -hmm. it's not unusual to be in a relationship with someone that you don't necessarily really like. Right. right. That, that, so that's something we we could spend days talking about that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I can so. see that. I you know, I've known people who, you know, they were they had chemistry with the person. They were very right. attracted to them, but they said that they actually would say, I don't really like their personality.
2: <laughs> right. Because
1: very often in
3: relationships, like... yeah, people right, people complain. Like hey, my partner's always playing golf, always working, always hanging out with their girlfriends, always shopping. You know, it's like we don't spend that much time together. And you might find out, well, that's because maybe we really don't like each other. Because you know, the people that you huh. really like, you you love to spend time with them. And right. so, yeah, that's a that's a. Uh, I mean, and that's how you can end up being lonely in a relationship. Well, I'm, I'm in a relationship. I'm married, and we're co-parenting. I did that for years. I mean, I was in a relationship. There wasn't hardly any sex. We co-parented. We didn't fight, but we didn't have sex. Um, and there was a loneliness there. I'm, I mm-hmm. think for, for both. Mm-hmm. I know I felt it, but I'm sure she did too because we weren't really connected and so I just, I just want to talk to people before they get married, and in the process of wanting to attract a relationship, so that they don't end up like that. Nobody talks right. to me, and I end up marrying someone, and then we got into that, and, and you know, and I well, we had a son. I'm grateful for that. So there's no mistakes, but mm-hmm.
2: yeah, mm-hmm. these are
3: common themes.
1: Yeah. What about you know somebody who is you know, a little bit older, they've already been married, they're divorced or widowed, and now they feel like it's too late, that they've missed the boat, and and uh, it's too late for them to find love. Do you think that age is a factor?
3: Hmm. Yeah, what I would say is that is just simply a thought, right? It's just a thought in your head, that voice in your head says, I'm too old. The The ship has already sailed. Uh, my My best days are behind me. I'm at an age where nobody wants me, right? Just a thought. And the thought is worth questioning. It's worth mm-hmm. inquiring. Like, is it true um, at my age, nobody's ever met someone and, and been happy? I mean, I've had clients in their 80s, and they meet people. Mm-hmm. Right, so I I I don't think age is any restriction, right? I mean, I mean if you're, if I'm turning sixty-three, right? I suppose if I was single and I wanted a twenty-five-year-old, okay, probably not going to happen. I'm not wealthy right. enough to, to, you know, <laughs> I'm not a Hollywood movie star, right? And worth millions and millions, then I might be able to attract a twenty-five-year-old, right? But there's lots of people in their sixties that are single and available, and in their 70s and in their 80s. So rather than believe that scarcity mindset and and those thoughts, much better to ask myself, what do I need to work on to to attract something healthy? Do I have any blocks within me that keep me from being close? anything that's keeping my heart closed that makes me more, that makes me potentially emotionally unavailable, mm-hmm. right? So rather than kind of feeling kind of sorry for yourself that I'm at a certain age and, you know, cause you can find stats, doctor, you know, this. you can go online, find stats that over the age of 40 or 50, the chances of you meeting someone, you know, go way down. And all I say is, you're not trying to find a thousand people. You're trying to find one.
2: <laughs> right.
3: So, um, it's like today in today's housing market right now. You know, it's kind of hard to find a house because of the way that. But you're not trying to buy a whole neighborhood. You're, you're just just one is all you need, right? And right. So let's drop the scarcity and the age thing, but focus more on, you know, if I'm fifty or sixty, and I'm not in a relationship right now. What can I learn from my previous relationships about myself so that I don't repeat the same mistakes? That's mm-hmm. a way better question, right? I, I just recorded a podcast that's going to come out in April, and one of the questions that I put out there is, in fact, it's, an, it's my Easter podcast. I've already recorded it, um, Try to stay ahead of the game a little bit. And so it's all uh-huh. about how to resurrect your love life, okay? How to resurrect your love life. That's my Easter podcast. And the first okay. question is, well, what – like the first question, how to resurrect your love life is, well, what killed it in the first place?
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
3: Let's take a look at what is our part in how our relationships in the past have not worked out. And because maybe you've had a, a – you know, some – communication issues, some way you handle emotions, some way that you deal with conflict. Something is about, that's going on with you that's played a part in your love life, not working out, going through a divorce or breakups or whatever. So you, maybe you identify the things that you need to work on. So I think that's a way better use of our energy to say, what do I need to work on to be, to be a better partner? If life decides to, to show me another opportunity which it most likely will mm-hmm. you know, that that I, I just think that's then that's where a good coach comes in I mean right like you, like me, we have a way of helping people discover what they don't see that's the essence I think of what a good coach is right. I, don't need a, I don't need a coach to show me what I already know. I need a coach to help me see the blind spot you know. <laughs> What am I doing uh-huh. wrong that I don't know? What, what, what am I believing or how is my, my, my past or my childhood even, how is that affecting my ability to connect, right? So, um, yeah, I would encourage someone to think along those lines rather than writing yourself off because you're a certain age.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your coaching. We're running out of time and mm-hmm. I want people to know what, you know, how, what, how you can help them.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I call myself a relationship coach and I mean that in more of a technical way. Like if someone calls me a dating coach, I usually will correct them. I'm like, no, no, no. Cause in my mind a dating coach gives you sort of dating advice on where to go, how to approach, how to flirt, how to find someone. I don't have those conversations with my clients, at least not in the beginning. I want to talk about what are the things going on in your life that are keeping you from a relationship. In other words, there's a Mm -hmm. quote from this old mystic poet named Rumi that he lived in the 1300s. And he said, even back then, he said, your task is not to find love, but to search instead for all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. So even 1300 years ago, Rumi was like, it's not about trying to find a partner. It's about trying to discover the ways you're blocking it. In other words, you're sabotaging mm-hmm. your love life, right? So that's what I do. I'm a person that helps the person become more self-aware as to their personality blind spots, relationship personas, limiting beliefs, how the past is still alive in them and keeping them from being open, you know, dealing with trust issues, things like that. And so the people that love to work with me are people that want to work on themselves. They want to mm-hmm. look in the mirror and face some things and deal with those things because that's when I've seen people change the entire trajectory of their love life and eventually create a relationship where they say, this is the love of my life. I might've mm. been 60 until I found it, but damn it, <laughs> I, I did the right work and I'm, attracting the right dynamics now and yeah so that's what i that's what i do as a coach
1: okay so if people listening are interested in finding out about your coaching or to listen to your podcast or your book read your book what are the best ways for them to do that
3: yeah well the podcast is great because it's called the attracting lasting love podcast so there's like a 100, as of now, that we're talking to each other, there's like 103 episodes. Um, so that's, that's a great way. And it's free, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And then my website, my website, coachingwithroy.com. Right? Okay. And the cool part is right on, right on the homepage of my website is this relationship fitness test. Because I'm all about getting in relationship shape. So I have a way of people discovering their current fitness level. Because maybe if you're – if the test shows you need to work on yourself, well, maybe that gives you some motivation to, to maybe call me up and say, okay, coach, let's, let's get me in better relationship shape so that I can, you know, put an end to these short-term disappointing relationships and find something that
1: lasts. Okay, great. So I'm going to post the the link to your website on my, on my website posted up this show so if people – didn't get to write it down They can find it later um, yep. Great Well thank you so much for coming back And I think you know We touched on some topics tonight That are really important That we didn't get to speak about before um, Right And I look forward to speaking to you again Sometime in the future
2: Yeah
3: be fun Thank you very much for having me
1: Alright well you have a good evening And a good week right. Bye bye all right. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Dr. Mera's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mera Carpell and your golden years, live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com.
2: Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com.
1: All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Maricarpel and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpel.com. And I'm going to speak for a little while before our musical guest joins us from here in Austin. Um, you know, we were playing encore shows for the past three Sundays, and during that time, I was up in Connecticut visiting my mom, who is now living in a long-term care community, and I also gave a talk about living a passionate life to a group of older adults who live at home in that area. For They have a group, and I spoke with them last year, and they invited me back to speak about living a passionate life. And so I want to discuss just a little bit about what I brought up to that group, as well as what I learned about caregiving in this new normal, which I began speaking about a few weeks ago, and how this relates to living with passion. So while I what I presented to the group um, was what I've been discussing on this show in the past several live programs about getting back on track to living a passionate life after three years of being in a global pandemic and for some people feeling kind of stuck. And what seemed to resonate with this group of people the most was the points I made about self-compassion and about social connection. Um. So the self-compassion issue I think is primary before we can even go any further. It's pretty um, similar to what Roy was talking about in terms of being able to get into a relationship, a healthy relationship with another person. We first need to have a healthy relationship with ourselves. And um, I would say that it's important um, it's necessary to have a healthy relationship with ourselves to even be able to live a life of passion, whether it involves another an intimate partner or not. And we aren't very good um, very often. Human beings are not very good at self-compassion. We tend to berate ourselves and we can say the meanest things to ourselves, that we things that we don't even say about our worst enemies sometimes. And we can change that. It's a habit. And it's something that we need to work on every day, changing the habit. Um, I th- last year, I think it was last year or the year before, I, I didn't look up the date, I had on this program Dr. Kristen Neff, who is a self-compassion researcher and a psychologist at the University of Texas right here in Austin, Texas. And she does a lot of research on self-compassion and she came up with some tips to how to um, build that habit of self-compassion. And she recommended a few easy, simple things that we can do throughout the day. Um, One thing we can do is just throughout the day, put our hand on our heart, take a breath, and ask ourselves, what do I need to do for me right now? Just that simple. And, I, and this really rolls over to the discussion of caregivers. Um, caregivers tend to forget about taking care of themselves, and that causes caregivers to burn out. So it's really important to ask ourselves moment to moment, what do i need to do for me right now or what's throughout the day maybe every couple of hours and when we find ourselves in a situation where we notice that we are berating ourselves and we're putting ourselves down or we're saying why would anybody want to hear what i have to say or or um see what i have to draw or paint if we're following our passion then imagine what you would say to yourself if you were advising your best friend. You might even picture yourself in another chair. We This came up during that session up in Connecticut um, where I was asked about how to stop that self-criticism. You might imagine yourself in another chair and that you're talking to yourself. And imagine you might even move from one chair to the other. And tell yourself the situation, why you think you're so lousy at whatever it is, and then get into the other chair and talk to yourself as if you were advising your best friend. You would likely tell your best friend, no, you're not lousy. No, (laughs) you know, you do have something to say. You are important. And then make time throughout the day to stop whatever you're doing and just take a slow breath. Just stopping and relaxing are really important ways to calm down our nervous system. When we practice stillness, we we reduce stress hormones like cortisol, norepinephrine, and adrenaline. And when we reduce those chemicals, we put ourselves into the relaxation response where we can think more clearly about things. And from that place, that's when we can have um, more creative ideas and we can move forward toward living a life of passion or being in a in a healthy relationship with another person or being a more effective caregiver for the caregivers that are listening the other um the other issue that they resonated with was the connection issue. Um, I would say in the past three years, we have become much more aware of how important connection is. So it's really important to find a group of like-minded people that we can connect with. And that brings me to the caregiving in the new normal issue. So one of the things that I have decided as a family member of somebody who lives in a nursing home is to start a family care group, I mean, a family council group, I'm sorry, a family council group. Family councils are a great way to connect with other family members. Who are dealing with similar issues and are their loved one is living in the same place, so there are commonalities that can be shared. Um, there are many benefits to family councils aside from um, connection, which is really important. But that connection is and support is very is essential. To feeling like we have purpose and passion and the other aspect that's really important is feeling that sense of purpose and meaning in order to feel um, passionate about life and we can actually as a caregiver we can actually turn that role of caregiving into a passion we can make it meaningful we can be more active in our loved one's care um, and we can actually have an impact on the the things that are going on in somebody is in a nursing home, the things that are going on in their community. And so the family council is one way of doing that. It gives us an opportunity to have a voice together to make a change in in the quality of life of our loved ones and improving the quality of life of our loved ones. So in the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about my journey at starting a family council because there isn't one at my mom's facility, Um, a virtual family council so that people can join from all over the country, Um, as well as the benefits of having a family council and, also, some recent laws that have been put into place since COVID that have been very beneficial to, fam- to residents in nursing homes that family members might be unaware of. And um, I think it's really important for us to be informed about these issues and about the laws and the ways that they can be beneficial to our family members. So I'm going to continue with that discussion In the next few shows But now, speaking of passion We are going to go to
2: music
4: A speck of a plane On a crystal clear night Three all aboard i You what I got? No swimming upstream in this river of change. The truth, baby.
1: And we were just listening to the music of our next guest who joins us now from right here in Austin, Texas, Celine Andros. Welcome Celine.
5: Thanks for having me.
1: Am I pronouncing your name correctly?
5: You sure are. Selene okay. <laughs> okay, well, that, kinda, that kinda came from my mother, uh, uh, my first name is Candace Middle Lane Selane or Middle Lane Elaine and so when I was in trouble it got shortened to Selane and so thereby
1: oh. <laughs> that's how that name was born. Okay. So I just want to let you know that when we speak like this there is a slight delay like half a second and sometimes that trips people up if they don't know so I'm just letting you know. Um welcome. And um can you can you Tell us a little bit about your background in music.
5: Well, uh, my background started probably right out of high school with uh, more dabbling in it than anything. Um, I had gotten some job offers to actually go abroad and do fashion work, and so When I did that, uh, I was in Tokyo when I first started to try to go into the studio with the help of some uh, of my Japanese friends. And so that was kind of dipping my toes in the water. And then after I got back to the States, uh, I got to more of a cover band type situation, just playing clubs, things of that nature. But... Mm -hmm. uh, Things, you know, life kind of took its toll, and the relationship, and money, and things of that nature. It kind of derailed uh, where I was really wanting to go with that. So it was later, uh, actually, uh, quite a few years later, that I came back around to it. Um, uh, just just had a great inspiration for merging songs and an album with uh, screenplay writing and movies because Mm. the reality reality here is that songwriters have some of the best stories out there. And with the movie industry and the film industry all looking for great stories, I feel like songwriters are perfectly, perfectly poised to be able Mm. to merged their art of songwriting with also their art of storytelling. And so that is what started it back up. You know, unfortunately for the artists right now, um the way things are being monetized, you know, the the ability to really sell uh CDs or albums, you know, is drastically different from what it used to be. So um, the the income ability really is hinged on the live performances so much. And of course with mm-hmm. COVID we all saw we all saw what happened mm-hmm. there. Live right. performances were just shut down. So at the same time though, the uh movie industry and the cable industry was ramping up for content because everybody was stuck at home, right? Mm-hmm. And so that from that point, that is where uh, I decided that this was was really a way for songwriters to both write beautiful music and tell beautiful stories, but also get those uh, visually out there. It's it, it was uh, very eye opening for me to see that you know if I put songs out on the internet the amount of airplay they got just with the picture was far less than if I even included just a home quickie video that went with the song. It got, you know, five times the airplay of just mm. the song. So visually, people are really connecting music with, with the visual. And so I think it's become paramount now to be able to, to do that. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. Wow, okay, great.
1: So do you have video, a lot of videos out there now? I don't
5: have a lot of videos. Uh, like I said, some of this, with this album just coming out, some of this is uh, mm-hmm. experimenting, and it wasn't until mm-hmm. I put a couple out there and saw how much more airplay they got than just, just the single songs without something a little bit more interactive. So, you know, I, I'm probably... Two thirds of the way through the screenplay uh, that goes with this album, so the songs on this album also pair with scenes from the movie that I'm writing. And wow. uh, the They're name, uh, yeah, the movie. The, the name of the movie is also at this time anyway, Poetry Texas. Until I, you know, until and unless I run into any legal issues with that, uh-huh. uh, Because Great. Poetry Texas. Poetry, Texas is actually a real town. So, it's a real town in Texas. Really? And yes, it really is it's beautiful. It's about an hour um east of Dallas. Just okay. A, a be- beautiful place with rolling, you know, small rolling hills and farms, very quaint community. Uh I've met the mayor and I've gone there and done a small a small show there. Um and And so, when I drove through the town a while back, I had already had my screenplay about a third of the way written, but I hadn't found the location like where was I going to set it? It's partially set in Austin and mm-hmm. some in l a and 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 some in Dallas, but I needed the small hometown, and when I drove through poetry, I was just I knew I knew that was it.
1: Okay, I uh, you know I want to talk about the song that we just played. We just played one of your songs, "Coke on a Plane." Can can you yes. tell us about that song?
5: Yes, I can actually. Um, one of the experiences that I draw from my, uh, during my life was um, in my younger years, being in the fashion industry and traveling a lot. Uh, you know, it's a very fast life, right? And so mm-hmm. at one point, at one point, I found myself on a small private plane with three other people. And um, two of them wanted to – I was in the back with a friend, and one of the people in the front who was actually flying the plane wanted to come in the back and – do drugs with my friend. And, you know, I was very young at the time. I mean, over 18, but still not young enough to know better. Um, and so the co-pilot said, well, come sit up here. They actually put me up in the front of the plane and let me fly the plane with the co-pilot. And at the time I, I was not into drugs, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really, don't really need to have anything to do with that i I like who i am um and and would rather 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 not go however amazing experiences i've ever had because i was up in you know i don't know how many thousand feet above above the land at night with the stars just amazingly crisp and clear and all i could think was you know, this could be one of the most amazing moments of my life, yet every you know, the people in the back of the plane have their head down. They don't they don't have any clue of the beauty and the 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 thrill of what is going on out here. And mm-hmm. when I started writing again, that is where that song came from. That that sometimes we have our head down and we're focused on something that we think is going to provide us that fulfillment and that excitement, but really, if we can just look up and look around at what at what there really is to
2: experience mm-hmm. we're,
5: not, we're not always experiencing all that that we can, but if we could just become cognizant of of what's available to you if you just look up and look out and reach out for it and so that's mm-hmm. kind of where that song
1: that's where that's okay. Came from. Now, you sent us another song, Three Wishes, and we're going to play yes. a bit of that song. Could you Before we do, could you tell us about it?
5: Yes. That song comes from regret. And, we, you know, we all have regret, and no doubt about that. Um, with that regret, sometimes we have a tendency to focus on the things that we don't have and We we just sit back and think of what could have been, but we don't really ever we don't ever really act on any of that either out of insecurity or fear or embarrassment. But we have that inside of us, and we think of God if I if I just done this differently, and maybe if I had maybe I should have tried harder, you know, like missed opportunities, maybe you know missed opportunities, and it comes from that place of being someplace now where maybe your life isn't what you want it to be and someone else's life is also not what they wanted it to be
1: okay. and thinking
5: thinking about making different choices And
1: okay so we're going to play a bit of that song um, don't go anywhere because we'll talk a little more after the song okay okay alright the main
2: dreamer, living in the past, you see what you want to see, but
4: time slipping back. You move through dimensions, but this world. Gazing through the galaxy At shiny stars And wishing But the first wish is I could change The thing
1: Are you are you performing anywhere live these days?
5: Well, at the moment, I am in the studio working on the second album for uh, the second screenplay. So um, I'm I'm not I don't have any dates on the calendar coming up. But uh, I'm trying to get some booked for the summer after I finish the studio work for album for the for the album after oh. this one.
1: Okay, are those mostly local here in the Austin area, or do you travel? Yes, yeah. they they are
5: mostly local at the Austin area at this time. Uh, I haven't really had much time to travel. Um, I'm trying to get both the screenplays finished, uh, as mm-hmm. well as get the sec- get, get the second album uh, done. And um, I've also been. Collaborating with a couple of other artists that I plan to include in uh, the screenplay as well. So uh, okay. there's there have been two entities who have wanted information about the screenplay, and so I'm really trying to gel that together quickly. So that I can get that get that out to them, so the next couple of months in between in between
1: wrapping this
5: up and um getting the next album done uh, yeah i
1: I don't have
5: any open breathing room until summer,
1: oh, okay, well, if listeners are interested in hearing your music and finding out when you are performing when you do schedule performances or when these screenplays come out. Or, any of your videos, how can they do that? What's the best way for them to find out about you? That's
5: probably going to be on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, Instagram is, if you get an Instagram and type up uh, Selene Andrus, it will pull me up. And I will be posting all performances there. I'll also be posting updates on movie information and then on Facebook, unfortunately, it has to go backwards. I'm listed as Selene Andrus, but you can't find me unless you type in Andrus Selene. I'm working on fixing that now. Okay. Don't All really right. know how that. Happens, but but that's how but that's how that is at the moment. And okay. um The movie the 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 movie there is a uh, poet uh, w poetry poetry Texas movie dot com is A site that's in progress. It's up, but I'll be adding more information to that as I as I get it.
1: Okay, great. Well, I'll be posting those links on my post about this show. So uh, if listeners didn't write it down, they'll they'll find it on my website. Um, thank you so much, Celine. Celine, not Celine. It's Celine, right? Celine.
5: (laughs) That's correct.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, and good luck with your movie. Thank you so much. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to talk to your listeners. It was a pleasure. All right. Well, you have a good evening. Bye-bye. All right. So before we get knocked off the air by art, let me let you know what's coming up in the following weeks. Next Sunday, we don't yet have a guest, but we will have a show um, and we do have guests scheduled for later in the month. So stay tuned. If you want to find out who's coming up, check out my Facebook page, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years on Facebook. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from the show and uh, get the links that my guests spoke about, Go to my website, com, and you'll also be able to hear all the prior shows since we started. You can also hear this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to blogtalkradio.com, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash your golden years. And you can also hear it in five minutes on Apple Podcasts. Um, this show was produced by Accomplice Entertainment and Psyched Up Productions and sponsored by amightygoodtime.com. Thank you to my guests, Roy Biancolana, Selene Andrews, and thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. Mm-hmm.
4: Back of a plane on a crystal clear night, three all
2: boys
4: who've lost their
2: sight.
4: Stars on.
0: Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpel is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpel, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any information on this program.